0: Welcome to Growing Hope Conversations. Growing Hope is a charity providing free therapy for children and young people with additional needs in partnership with local churches across the UK. We aim to grow Hope for Children through the provision of free therapy clinics, Hope for Families through groups for parents, carers and siblings to connect and talk about their experiences, and Hope in Jesus through the opportunity to pray and be supported to access church if this is something families would like to do. This podcast is a series of conversations with individuals who have experience of additional needs and disability. Whether you share their experience or are here to learn, welcome to The Conversation.
1: Hello, welcome to Growing Hope Conversations. My name's Naomi and I am a children's occupational therapist and I'm also the founder and CEO of Growing Hope and I am joined by a co-host for this season, Mark Arnold. Mark, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself?
2: Hi, thanks Naomi. Hello everyone, Uh, I'm Mark Arnold. I'm the Additional Needs Ministry Director at Urban Saints. I'm co-founder of the Additional Needs Alliance and I write as the Additional Needs Blogfather.
1: Amazing. So good. And today's topic is all about disability and leadership. Um, Is there anything in our topic today that particularly stands out to you, Mark?
2: Oh, loads of stuff. I'm really excited about this topic. I I don't think we hear enough about disability and leadership, and I'm really looking forward to the conversation we're going to have today, because there seems to be a a perception in the world at large, and often within the church, that disability and leadership are mutually exclusive, Mm -hmm. that you can't be disabled and lead. And, you know, many of us will have heard stories or maybe even been the story of a disabled person arriving to speak at a church or lead at a church and being completely ignored or being assumed to be just there to listen and the, the shock that follows when people realize that they are the speaker or the uh, the, the, the member of clergy or something. So I, I hope our conversation today will dispel that myth uh, that you can be, uh, that, that you can't be disabled and lead, but also equip us with with some wisdom and advice and stories that will enable us to develop our understanding and our thinking uh, a bit more in this area too. So no pressure for our guest today then, but uh, I know we're in good hands. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think I'm so excited to hear what John has to say, because I know he has... So much wisdom um, on this topic and on, on leadership in general. And I just think, yeah, exactly as you say, Mark, what I love about God's character and coming from a Christian perspective of growing hope is that everyone has ability and, you know, anybody has potential to do stuff and we want to be able to enable people and, yeah, really see people do the things they've been created to do. So without further ado, let me introduce our guest for today. We're joined um, by John Norday, who is currently Associate Vicar at The Point Church, which is in Burgess Hill. And we'd love you to tell us a bit about yourself and what disability and leadership means to you, John.
3: Gosh, well, thank you. And thank you for your warm welcome. I... I have a permanent disability called spina bifida, which was developed when the um, baby's in the mother's womb. Within the first 10 days of conception, I use a wheelchair. And I think if I'm honest, my teenage years um, were probably quite elitist in the sense that um, I'm a sportsman, um, yeah. probably as part of my, my gifting, and I was very committed. To, well it was actually my god at one point yeah. and um, i only viewed those athletes who had the same disability um or were in the same sport particularly as part of my mm. world i then worked for a disability charity and learned so much basically about my own arrogance <laughs> of perceiving that <laughs> everybody had to do whatever i yeah. did in order for, in mm. order for them to be as independent, etc., etc. Um, and then discovering as well that not everybody was interested in sport. Mm. I think it was shortly after I became a Christian, which was probably when I was about nineteen, that I felt God calling me into um ministry, ordained ministry. Amazing. But I but I thought it was a bit of a joke really. I I would say I ran away for a number of years mm. trying to hide from it. Eventually one day I was um, speaking at a Christian conference to do with the church and disability and God clearly um, spoke to me saying, right, John, enough faffing around. Let's get on with the application, shall we? Amazing. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> God's good at hunting us down, isn't he? And uh, you, can yeah.
3: remember, you can't
2: hide. Absolutely.
3: And when I spoke to my then vicar, uh, he very wisely, although I didn't quite understand it, he said, if God's called you, then it's the best job in the world. If he hasn't called you, then it can be the worst job in mm. the world. And then the person who was responsible for my training and selection was, I mean, we're talking nearly 25 years ago now, um, said, if God's calling you into ordained ministry, then it's our job as a diocese to make sure that that ministry happens Mm. and I've spoken to many many disabled people um, with a whole variety of different disabilities who have not had a positive response you know they've had so many negative things Um, and I think if I remember correctly I was the first stipendary sorry this is all very Anglican (laughs) um, basically paid um, wheelchair user in the anglican church there were other people wow. who were had visual impairments um who were ordained but i was the first wheelchair user and mm-hmm. um, to actually be in the type be a stipendary and the good news is that there's others now who have become ordained
1: amazing
2: so you, you've blazed a trail
3: i don't know <laughs> whether the word would be blazed we're talking the anglican church here fair <laughs> point <Yeah. laughs> um, But the the leadership bit really is, for me, about the body of Christ, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, really recognizing that everybody has a role to play. And um, if the body is really going to function at its best, then it means that we've got to look out for every individual to see, you know, what gifting God has given them. Mm. and how they can be um used to serve god's church
2: yeah that's really really powerful and i think you know when when we think of you know the, what you shared with us and uh, yeah, i mean stories can be so powerful can't they as, as a mm. way of just you know wrapping up uh you know what we're, we're trying to share and and particularly when we're thinking about disability and leadership i'm sure you've got loads of stories that that could help illustrate that but if if there was one that you could uh, sort of think about, what what would that be? What story would you share uh, to just illustrate disability and leadership uh, as as fully as you can?
3: I'm going to be really cheeky, Mark, and give you two. Um,
2: oh, go on, then.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's allowed.
3: When I was a curate, oh, actually, so no. When I was training um, at theological college, part of my um, placement was at Salisbury Cathedral. Which was a fantastic experience. Mm. They were doing some internal adjustments to the cathedral. And, you know, they had this place where the bishop's seat is seated at various services. I commented the fact that, you know, it had steps to go up to it. And I jokingly said, Well, what happens whether one day you have a a bishop who has a a disability of some sort? And again, I'm not just thinking of a wheelchair user, you know, but somebody um, Mm. with limited limited mobility. And they just sort of laughed me off, really. But part of my hope and dream is that there will one day, again, whether it be a blind person, a deaf person um, or a wheelchair user, doesn't matter. But somebody with a a, um, disability, being a bishop and leadership within the Mm. church and the second Amen. one was um was as a, as a curate an older lady came up to me and said you know so how long have you been an invalid and i said i haven't been invalid for a long time i don't yeah. think <laughs> um but she didn't get the joke uh, uh. and i thought okay you know i'll well, carry on but that message i mean you you were mentioning mark actually about you know when you go into a church um um how people what pe- what people's expectations are mm. of you yeah you know um and uh, you know when i visit at various churches if i'm there as a leader you know i i, I mean I, I try to encourage people but you know there's that feeling of thinking well you're a definite pew full and all day you know you haven't got particularly particularly any gifts to give us and i'm and i again sorry i was speaking at, um, at a conference for the world council of churches many many years ago and um on one occasion i thought i'm gonna wear my dog collar I, this is naughty i've made it three stories that's
1: okay <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> that's fine <laughs> uh,
3: and i um had my dog collar on i just thought, i generally don't wear a dog collar you know um and on this occasion i thought okay this is a global conference I'm going to wear my dog collar and just demonstrate the fact that I am ordained. And this one person came up to me um, and made all the assumptions that firstly, you know, they you know, are you ordained as in, are you in stipendary ministry? And I said, yes, you know, and then it said, oh, is that a church just for disabled people? Gosh. And I said, wow. no, you know, so, um, and I was actually currently leading a church of, roughly about 200 people, mm. 200 adults. And so I said, no, actually, no, I, you know, I, I lead a church that within the Anglican church, you know, sort of within the UK, it's reasonably, I hate the word, successful, but would be deemed as successful, mm-hmm. you know, for the activities and the outreach and stuff like that we did. But this person's perception was very much, you know, where you obviously can't be leading a, excuse the quote marks a normal church
2: yeah it's, it's just that, that perception that's just so uh you know prevalent out there isn't it in in church communities that mm-hmm. you can't be disabled and lead and as you say there's that impression of what a leader looks like uh and uh, yeah you know in reality very few leaders look like that but there's that perception there and whether it's Uh, you know somebody turning up with a a physical disability or whatever that might be uh, yeah it just throws people and it it shouldn't today but it still does
1: Mm. I would be really interested to hear John how you think um, that's reflected in in secular society as well do you think there are the same kind of challenges in in leadership and disability and then also kind of what can we be doing um, I mean we're gonna um, actually I'm going to ask you this in a minute but you know are there things that actually are more positive that you've seen in in that journey or like where people have come to really understand that leadership and disability can very easily go hand in hand
3: I think there was lots of questions there yes sorry <laughs> it's okay Soci- the secular society is sadly way ahead of us when it comes to Uh, integration and participation and you know a person's um qualities you know in in leadership you know you basically you are given the job because you can do it Mm. i know when i've applied for jobs it's been interesting you know with the whole bame um sort of messages um about trying to be an inclusive church Mm. You know, it very, very rarely ever includes and we would welcome applicants from people with a disability.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, we're blessed, I would say, with our current Archbishop of Canterbury. You know, he held a conference, I think it was about two, three years ago, those days before COVID. Yeah. Mm. What was wonderful was actually that he actually hosted the day. You know, it wasn't this five-minute appearance and come and give an address and then disappear. He stayed there and uh, I'm involved with the um, the Church of England um, Ministry Division, one of their groups there with disability and I know that he's really keen to see disabled people in leadership within the um, machinations of how the Church of England Mm. works Mm. to ensure that actually um, people with disabilities are included much more, you know, and so looking at how does the system discriminate or prevent disabled people you know from coming forward again you know i'm aware that sort of for many um clergy who might have a hidden disability um, yeah. and and are afraid to have it sort of out you know almost coming out mm-hmm. with it um, because they're, they're scared of the ramifications and the negative perceptions that there would be but we currently have a heart an archbishop of canterbury who is and and some other bishops you know within the um uk who are wanting to move forward you know um to really include Mm. the gifts of disabled people
1: yeah amazing thank you and is there something that you would do differently that that is my next actual question (laughs) is there something you'd do, do differently reflecting on your journey or a kind of one um you know, snippet of something that you've learned that you would love to see kind of uh yeah changed
3: I think um my dream you know if I'm a Martin Luther King type yeah. dream I mm. dream one day that there won't be a disability section
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
3: that you know if we if if there's a group that's looking at the inclusivity of women within the church you know of children you know um black and ethnic people um whoever that actually within those groups they are asking for themselves where are the disabled people
2: Mm.
3: you know to have their story as part of you know the feminist the authentic cultures You know those stories are coming up having said that i think one of the things that i think as i've got older i was very very keen on the sense of looking towards the gifts of disabled people and what we have to contribute to the mm. church and that really in one sense made me forget the fact that we actually as a church we want to welcome anybody whether they've got something to give or not yeah. mm. you know Christ yeah. welcomes us not with the pre you know precondition of yes you're going to do something you know but actually just welcome yeah mm. um and so there's it's sort of it's a contradiction almost in sense of saying that I think I've changed that i wanting people to be more um in the church You know just allow people to come and be Mm. Um, and from that we might see a spark of a gift that we might want to fan into flame Mm. but actually that firstly we do the welcoming um and there is there's no precondition that well you know again because you've got a disability we've got to make sure you've got a gift Mm. that you can use within the church but that applies to absolutely anybody within the church yeah Mm.
1: yeah
2: uh, that's that's really powerful i think yeah we we long for that day when people are are welcome for who they are and welcomed mm. whatever gifting they may bring and uh, and yeah just treated equally um i think yeah you know, bearing that in mind if 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 there are people listening to this who feel called to the church maybe feel called to ministry or leadership in the church even in some way and uh, just starting off on on that journey um but uh uh facing those same challenges that you've faced and that you've articulated so well in those uh stories that you've shared with us with you know what what would be your your top three tips for for somebody that's embarking out on that road uh, to uh, to help them to be able to navigate their way through the uh, you know the, the the difficulties perhaps that that are still there and you know we we hope and pray that those difficulties will in time diminish but they're there right now you know so what what would you um, suggest uh, sort of that somebody starting off on that journey today might Mm -hmm. do to to make a difference there
3: i think the first thing is to make sure that we know we've been called um Mm. um, i know there's been challenges in leading a church that i've faced that i've really at times had to go to god and say lord are you really sure you want me to be doing this Mm. you know um and Mm. god's come back each time saying i've called you therefore i will equip you." Mm. and, and this is because the counterbalance of that is not the sense of thinking well because i've got a disability therefore you've got to accept me mm. you know um so it's it's knowing that sense that you have been called yeah and, and the second bit is actually that therefore if god's called you he has equipped you mm. and, you know, as people with disabilities, basically it means sometimes we do things differently in a very, you know, from other people, it may mean we, you know, to get to be, actually we go via C, D, E and F, mm. you know, mm. um, to try to reach that end goal. And again, many disabled people have got those creative ways because they've had to, yeah, to think of how to do something, and I'd also encourage them. I mean, there are some great organisations, and there's through the roof. There's Churches for All, again, are great organisations where you can try and get some help and support. You know, they're there for whatever denomination. If it was the Church of England, you know, the Church of England has a, a ministry division. There's a guy. I hope he doesn't mind me giving his name. There's a guy called Roy McLaughry who heads up the disability section of that. He's a good man. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you could always write to him in Ministry Division Church of England. You know, say I'm thinking about being called into leadership within the Church of England. You, I have to say, I mean, there will be challenges. Hmm. People will have their negative perceptions. You know, when I've had interviews people have said to me, well, how are you going to see Mrs. Smith who lives on the second floor, you know, this block of flats? Mm. And mm. it's saying, well, actually, technically and legally, you're not meant to be able to ask me that question. Yeah. Mm, yeah. However, I would actually arrange to meet Mrs. Smith or whoever, you know, at a cafe. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Somewhere more accessible, you know. There are challenges um, and people have, you know, negative perceptions, but it's knowing actually that again I I love 1 Corinthians 12 it's knowing that we have something to give the church Mm. and we have to hold on to that that whatever our gift is you know the church can't say I don't need you Mm. and we can't say to ourselves either actually that I'm not needed Mm. you know because if the body's really going to function everybody's needed
1: yeah
2: yeah absolutely no, it's, it's good, and uh, yeah, you know that the 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 power of of knowing that calling, um, but then embarking on that calling, knowing that there are people that that get it, that you can talk to, and it's you know people like you and Roy and others that that are there to support. And I think that's so important, isn't it? To mm-hmm. to have friendly people around that you can just talk to and share with, and say, hey, you know, I'm facing this challenge at the moment, and and to know that probably you know, there's the people that they can talk to that have been there and done that and got the t-shirt and can uh, share their advice and and experience from being in that position themselves.
3: Yeah, I'd go say, I mean, one of the things is as well, I have a friend who um, has become ordained, you know, and he very sweetly um, says, you know, that when he realized that I was ordained, you know, it was suddenly the sense of thinking, gosh, actually, so, the fact that I know there's somebody out there who has been ordained. Therefore, I know it's possible.
2: Yes. Yeah.
3: Um, And, you know, I was able to encourage him, you know, just in his journey, again, not to be a John Norday, Mm -hmm. you know, please Mm -hmm. be a John Norday, but actually to be who God had called him to be. Yeah. 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 And that's
1: really good. And how would you say that applies, John, to, you know there may be people listening who possibly don't have experience of church but have a disability and are just interested in in the conversation how would you say it applies to people who you know lead, want to lead in a non church environment um i i mean i don't know but i wonder if actually a lot of these challenges probably present themselves quite similarly possibly for people who are leading in, in not church settings
3: there's a sense of having an inner confidence.
1: Yeah.
3: Mm. As I say, I mean, you know, Scripture tells us, you know, that actually, as a Christian, we don't expect an easy life. Mm. It develops perseverance, character, etc. And sometimes the knocks that we get make us stronger. Yeah. Mm. I've always believed it's not the failing that actually is the problem; it's you know the learning from the from the mistakes that we mm. make. And the mistakes that other people make about us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: So I used to be a trainer um, before I was ordained. Yeah. And because I use a wheelchair, people's perceptions was the fact that I was always talking about wheelchair users. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, so in the evaluations, you know, it was saying, you know, it would have been lovely to have, had, you know, hear more about people with Down syndrome, you know, and other disabilities. And a lot of my visual images actually included people with a whole range of different disabilities. Yeah. So I had to hear the comments and therefore say, as part of my introduction, so to speak, okay, here I am as a wheelchair user, but I need to let you know that actually. My professional experience has been working with people with different disabilities, mm. you know, and I will bring in stories of working with colleagues who are deaf, you know, or um, blind, you know, um, and so you know, and I know that people who use wheelchairs are a minority when it comes to the disability world, mm.
2: you know, and it's it's always, uh, you know. It, easy for people to see uh, a wheelchair and, and, and make uh, assumptions or to see mm-hmm. uh, a cane or, or somebody uh, using a hearing aid or something and make assumptions. But I, I guess it's, it's harder sometimes when somebody's uh, disability is a hidden disability, for example. Definitely. Uh, and, and so not so immediately um, identifiable to, to somebody uh, in a congregation that, that they're going to um, to, to meet. And yeah, that that can be a challenge as well, can't it?
3: It definitely can. You know, again, you know, this not making assumptions mm. and welcoming anybody and everybody. Um, you know, the, the number of people who have hidden disabilities, you know, whether it be epilepsy, autism, ADHD, you know, uh, whatever, partial hearing.
1: Yeah. Mm.
3: There can be so many things. And so why um uh, mr williams always wants to sit on the front row actually it's because he, he hears better yeah. you know from the front row it's not you know um some other reason you know um so we need to be open and um listen you know um
1: yeah. to people
2: yeah i think that's that's so so vital and so, bearing bearing that in mind, and thinking of of church, but thinking of wider society as well, um, I'm going to I'm going to give you a wish, John. Uh, okay. If if you had if there's one thing that you could wish to change uh, in society in the realm of accessibility, what would it be? What one thing? Uh, if if you had that wish, uh, would you do with it?
3: Good grief! Cool. Go
1: Big question.
3: Mm. I know. Many disabled people would say, actually, the issue is to do with attitude,
1: mm.
3: not access. Um, so if you get the attitude, people's attitude right, then access follows. Mm. But the more immediate, probably, you know, it's easier to change a building, so to speak. Yeah. make that more accessible. Mm. Electric doors, for example, again, which benefit so many people, not just wheelchair users. Mm. Mm. But the harder things change. You know, when the Disability Discrimination Act came, first came into force, I was asked to speak to some of the um, churches in my in the diocese, and the one question I got, which used to wind me up, was sort of, "What's the minimum we used to have, we have to do?" Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, this is a mission field. You know, if you can open your churches, you know, this becomes a mission field for people that we have the opportunity to share the gospel to more people rather than just thinking what's the minimum let's think what's the maximum we can do
2: you know you you can almost imagine you know jesus one day gathering the disciples around and saying hey guys what's what's the least we can do today (laughs) you know
3: (laughs) (laughs) you know we've got five uh, five loaves and two fishes um let's just do 20 people today shall we then (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't know how it's going to happen but you know my biggest wish i think is for people's attitude to change because mm. that's when it gets really deep yeah you know? no,
2: that's really good you know it's changing culture isn't it and, it you is, know, and yeah. if culture changes you know that, that that old saying that culture eats strategy for breakfast uh, yes. and it's so yeah, true yeah. It, yeah. It, it, you know if you can yeah. change attitude you can change culture then you can change the world
3: yeah yes yeah. and culture yeah. is changing slowly
2: you know mm
3: even the church of england is changing slowly forgive me i mean but many years ago i was involved with um, a, a government committee to do with access um for public transport and i remember the frustration of them saying you know well in 2015 we'll have accessible buses
1: yeah
3: and this was like 25 30 years ahead mm-hmm. and i remember thinking, that's too far ahead you know but yeah. now i see accessible buses everywhere and I think we got there eventually. Yeah. It moved. Culture moved.
2: Yeah. So and still is. Yeah. It still is, yeah. yes.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like that really is um, It's just so important, isn't it, that attitude thing? So I guess for people listening who perhaps don't have a disability or maybe don't even know somebody who has a disability at the moment, actually, they can even be thinking, you know, what is my attitude towards all of this? How could I be shifting that in some way so that i am more open to enabling mm. more accessibility mm. yes yeah
3: and you're probably you're probably too young naomi but um i don't know you mark um but there was a time when glenn Hoddle spoke about karma um mm. you know and disability and i was involved with a radio 5 interview and i remember saying because i was working for it, i think I, I was ordained that's right um but saying you know for many people there is a sense of fear about disability. Yeah. because It can impact mm. them. But it's also recognizing again that, you know, with having a, an impairment of some sort, new doors open. Mm. They don't all close. I've got a, a book that I'm, I'm wanting to read called um, Living with Limitations.
1: Yeah. Mm. In,
3: and the reality is, every one of us has limitations, whether again, whether it be to do with disability or not. You know, we have emotional garbage that Mm. brings limitations as we get older you know those those limitations are there you know having an impairment brings limitations but actually it also brings new opportunities to think how do I do that who are my real friends Mm. Mm. who are the ones that stay with me actually through this yeah so yeah no
1: no it's amazing John It has been so brilliant to have you join us it's so many so Mm. much the thought and I actually I really love that ending actually thinking about you know what we all bring like all the we all have our own limitations whatever they are and actually the more we can Mm -hmm. recognize our own limitations and also be able to I guess um, understand or enable a society where everyone is accepted and welcome whatever their limitations are I think is, Mm -hmm. is a really good yeah point to end on just coming back to that you know fact that actually where disability and leadership are often seen as things that can't coincide there's so much opportunity for them to coincide
3: and the amazing thing is knowing that god loves Mm. us Mm. yeah whatever we we are able or
1: not able to do amen absolutely i totally agree with that and so it's been a Yeah, complete pleasure, John. Thank you so much for coming and joining Mm, us. And um, thank you for listening. And we look forward to you all being able to catch up with our next episode of Growing Hope Conversations.
0: Thank you for joining Growing Hope Conversations. Find out more at growinghope.org.uk.